Welcome to the Wine and Down Podcast. This is episode 12 with myself, Adam, and Alicia. Hello. And it's been a little bit of a hiatus, so we're finally back. It's been an unplanned two-week vacation from uh, recording podcasts, but uh, we're excited to be back, I think. Yeah, I feel weird about that break, and uh, I don't know, life, I guess life in quarantine kind of got busy. Well, and th- things are sort of loosening up as well, but we actually haven't stopped drinking wine in our like regular lives outside of recording the podcast, so... We've kept up with uh, with the world of wine, so um, we're thinking of changing the name of this podcast actually to the Cabernet Sauvignon podcast because we have another Cabernet Sauvignon uh, just two episodes after our taste off with that, and we have done one before that as well with the Beringer Estate Cabernet Sauvignon. But uh, we were gifted this wine uh, from our good friends Scott and Hannah, and we really wanted to try it out. Uh, we know that they do listen as well, so we wanted to give our honest feedback of their. Uh, one of their favorite wines. So um, we wanted to double, triple, quadruple dip on the Cabernet Sauvignon. And as well, we want to sort of see the differences in the wines, you know, from producer to producer. So to kind of see if we actually can taste any differences or pick out any uh, specific uh, tasting notes for Cab Soves. Absolutely. And the last two that we tasted, one was a California and the other one was from Chile. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if there's any similarities because this is a California wine as well. Okay. So uh, I feel like we, we've talked about Cabernet Sauvignon so much, but it's almost the archetypal uh, red wine. When you think of red wine, I think of Cabernet Sauvignon as the first one. What, what about you? Yeah, me too. And I think that's really like before we started diving into, you know, exploring different uh, varietals, I think this was kind of my most thought after just based on the name and I, I think it's a pretty common um, varietal. It is. It's Especially it's, for people who don't really know much about red wines. And it's also um, pretty well-rounded, I think, in the mm-hmm. sense that like, it, it tastes good, it smells good, generally speaking, of course. It tastes yes. good, smells good. Um, it's readily available. You can get Cabernet Sauvignon that's grown from Canadian producers for us, for instance, uh, all around the Golden Horseshoe. So uh, it, it's nice to sort of see the popularity of it and, and have that impact uh, your decision making, but once you know a little bit more about it, you can also start to think about specifics of it. So um, that's, I guess, what we're going to try and do here today. Right. And isn't it true that uh, I think we touched on this, or you did, in a previous episode that uh, Cabernet Sauvignons are one of the most um, one that you what's it called that you aerate the most? Yeah. Or you should aerate the longest, or yeah, they say you can aerate up to three hours. Oh, okay. I think it's because it's like got in- an intense bouquet on the nose and it in intense flavors as well very flavor forward um so we haven't really done like a learn about wine segment in a while but i kind of wanted to do something here because we've talked about how popular cabernet sauvignon is we talked about how we drink it a lot personally um not like a problem but like (laughs) enough uh it's also probably one of the more prominent wines on a wine list at a restaurant yeah um at least like a, a not super fancy restaurant where they have pairings already designed and everything or some way to pick that out for you but cabernet sauvignon big flavor goes well with food so for this episode uh, i did a little uh, a little google doc here to read off Look of at you so cute uh what should you know about cabernet sauvignon okay so I'm the, ready to learn there's a general um there's a general section here about cabernet sauvignon followed by where it's grown, uh, and then lastly, terms to use when you're talking about uh, Cabernet Sauvignon or when you're drinking it. 
because usually there's a conversation that goes along with it. And also, if there's anything that this podcast can do for somebody, hopefully it gives them um, like a little anecdotal piece of information that they can throw in a conversation. People are like, oh, that's that's very interesting. Yeah. So like a almost a bit of a fun fact, a little FF, fun fact, a, a little fun fact, and and maybe even like fake it till you make it a little bit here because oh, that's what we when do. I when exactly when I made this list up, I literally looked up different things about Cabernet Sauvignon to, to put this together. So Perfect. I learned, you'll learn along the way while I read through this as well, and it'll go in one ear and out the other. I'm sure with both of us. So. Um, all right, to start with, uh, it's a robust and flavorful wine, generally speaking, uh, due to good acidity and fruit-forward flavors. Um, this is one where I, I don't think you'll have to uh, think too hard about, you know, does it smell like an old textbook or does it smell like, uh, you know, something completely like a, a rotten log like you had said before. Uh, this one is going to be, well, there will be like probably maybe some oakiness or some baking spices along with it. There's, there's going to be a lot of it's fruit forward. Fruit, yeah, exactly. And, and that, that should sort of direct you into the, the flavors of the wine. Um, the actual grape itself, Cabernet Sauvignon, sounds like a couple other things, like a, like a Sauvignon Blanc and a Cabernet Franc, and that's exactly what this was. So this is an accidental crossbreeding in the south of France that uh, was between the Ca- Cabernet Franc grape and Sauvignon Blanc, and this created Cabernet Sauvignon. That's so wild because... When you think of Sauvignon Blanc, that's a white wine. Yes. So a white grape mixed with a, or crossed with a red grape, and I would expect to see more of a rosé color just based on, like, that fact alone, where a bit lighter, whereas Cab Soves are pretty dark. Extremely dark. Yeah. And we do get to that as well, but I guess oh, it, it's a cross-breeding of the grape, the grapes itself, so maybe it takes rootstock from the, from the Sauvignon Blanc rather than... Um, the actual grape itself, maybe that's more Cabernet Franc heavy, where it stays red. Um, so, but also red wine, as we've learned previously, has the skin and the stem along with it, whereas white wine, it's not. Yes, right? correct. So, yeah. it does get filtered out as well, absolutely. Uh, and currently, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon is the most popular wine grape in America, based on wine consumed. Uh, I believe this uh, recently passed uh, Merlot for the for the most popular. Uh, and that it more 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 low. Uh, Merlot is extremely popular and important to the Bordeaux region, which is again where where a lot of Cabernet Sauvignon is grown as well. So there's a there's a, a mix there. Uh, it's suitable for old and new world uh, growing due to its durable skin and resistance to harsher climates and weather varieties. So that's why you can you can grow it in France, but you can also grow it in California or Washington or uh, in Canada. Like there's so many, it, it's it's going to stick up to that. So can we just confirm? Um, because some people who might not know old and new world, what do you mean when you say old versus new world, just for our listeners who might not know what that means? Old world is Europe. New world is the colonies, basically. So North, South America, Australia, India, technically, I guess. But like old world is, especially when it comes to France, is like uh, Spain, France, Italy, Germany. That's old world. Okay. A new world, Canada, United States, South American countries, uh, and Australia, of course. Uh, and lastly, for just general things here, a solid tannin structure makes it a flavorful, uh, makes it a favorite rather for old world, world traditionalists because it can develop deeper and more complex flav- flavors when it's aged in bottles. So um, you can buy a nice bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon, store it properly, and get something completely different and completely changed. And, and that's something that does add value to um, to a bottle of wine, I guess, individually speaking. There, so. 
It's good that you asked the question. <laughs> Where is Cabernet Sauvignon grown? So we'll go to the old world. Um, there's two main areas that I found, at least when I was skimming through some articles here. Uh, and uh, the first one is in France and in Bordeaux. Uh, it's actually an important part of the Bordeaux blends. So I, uh, I pulled up a little graphic here about uh, ooh, Bordeaux blends. Um, so red Bordeaux blends are usually, the majority of it is Merlot or Cabernet Sauvignon with Cabernet Franc. Uh, and uh, I had something else here. There was another wine, a Petit, uh, Petit Verdot. Uh, Never heard of that. Caminer and Malbec as well. So extremely po- important to these blends is Cabernet Sauvignon because it's traditionally from France. So uh, important to France, and that's exactly where it comes from in the old world. The other area which I was surprised to learn about is Tuscany. Um, and this is less less traditional, and specifically speaking, it's post-World War II. There's something called a Super Tuscan blend, uh, and it's basically sort of like a, I guess it was perceived at the time through the 1960s and 1970s as sort of a middle finger to the um, wine establishments as they were. Um, and there was a lot of, I think there's a lot of press about Super Tuscan blends uh, in America as well. So... Uh, you'll see Cabernet Sauvignon mixed in with uh, with some Italian wine, and I kind of want to try something that's called yeah. the Super Tuscan blend. I know, it sounds I've never cool. Heard of that? I mean, either until I until I read that. So uh, we'll jump across the ponds uh, to the New World uh, in California. It's al- almost synonymous with Cabernet Sauvignon as well. Uh, and Washington State, just north of California, is growing a, a lot of good and uh, producing a lot of good Cabernet Sauvignon. In South America, Chile is a big one. That's where uh, Santa Rita. Yep, Santa Rita. Finally got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, was from the one of the wines that we did in our wine tasting in Australia, which has a pretty massive wine industry, of course, uh, and is uniquely located where there's so many different climates there. Right. Cabernet Sauvignon could thrive. Okay. All right. And the last, uh, the last section of this is basically what well, is just terms to use when talking or drinking Cabernet Sauvignon. So deep color. So deep, intense coloration in the glass. And as we had said from episode one, examine this from the top down, from the side, without lifting up to the light and tilted to see the rim. Uh, and basically, you're going to be noticing a lot of almost purpley dark reds. Really, you're like staying your couch if you spill it or your carpet. Dark, dark, dark. Like you had mentioned before, actually. But it's interesting um, that you noted there without lifting to the light because I think our newbie selves in the first couple of episodes, we were literally turning and putting it up to the lights. And that was like a... A no-no now that we've Thank worked. God it wasn't on video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, second term here is full-bodied. So when discussing wine, this term generally means a well-rounded wine with complexity and richness uh, and flavor that can linger on your palate. Uh, that's generally speaking what Cabernet Sauvignon brings. Again, if you age it, um, things will change about that. But generally speaking, you can uh, you can refer to at least a medium body, but usually a full-bodied wine, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, and the last one is alcohol content. So Cabernet Sauvignon is generally a higher alcohol by volume wine. Uh, New World producers usually having it north of 13% ABV. And there's even instances of it, uh, regular instances of it exceeding 15%. And this brings an intensity to drinking it. And also, we'll factor into having like a good time when you're drinking a bottle of Cabernet go. Sauvignon. So, so if you want to get lit if you want on it, a if bottle you, of red wine. There you go. If you want to no. wake it up. Maybe this is telling us more about uh, Scott and Hannah. Yeah. suggesting this wine here there you go uh but we'll dive into uh to this wine here the wine we're we're um we're drinking today is mcmanus and i'll let alicia sort of describe the label here it's very cool yeah so the mcmanus label um 
I don't even know where to start. So the McManus is in like a gold embossed kind of uh, lettering with pretty um, standard but nice font. Uh, and it has a nice uh, shadowed M behind it. And the picture is just kind of of a vineyard. I Would you think that's a vineyard? Maybe the like the road leading up to it. Yeah, there's like a little creek it looks like and a bridge. So Yeah, and it has um, like a nice... What is it? I like said a, nice like thirty like times. a seal <laughs> yeah a McManus seal um, it's it's a pretty simple label however it is classy like it's it's refined yeah five generations McManus family vineyards this is a 2018 Cabernet Sauvignon um, from Lodi California okay so. <laughs> Adam broke a wine glass. The first break of the <laughs> podcast. Um, all right, so we're going to hit pause here for the first time, and I'm going to replace a wine glass, and we come back, we're going to pour some McManus oh Cabernet God, Sauvignon. Stay with us. A quick cleanup oh break later, God. and we are back here uh, with bits of glass inside my hand and arm. I, I just smeared it across the table there. What? What? Like, never a dull moment with us. We were just saying how our brains, the first half, kind of were like a little, you know, okay, maybe just stop. Sorry, it. sorry, yeah. Sorry, so our question. brains were kind of a little off. So we're we're gonna we're we're gonna start fresh. We're moving on. We're moving forward from the broken <laughs> glass. It's a wake up call. So talking about the McManus. So um, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon 2018 from Lodi, California. So Adam and I were just kind of briefly talking. Where is Lodi, California? Yeah, because I I usually it's like Napa Valley or yeah. like I don't even know some some other places that are more. Um, popular when you think of California one but Lodi California just south of Sacramento north of Stockton um, it's a pretty small uh, city there about 63,000 people 62,000 people um, but there is a, a little amalgamation of lakes just west of it so it looks like there's a few wineries in the area actually yeah, so um, you know California is wine country so there we go Cool. Um, was that was that worth me breaking a wine glass over? No, definitely not. <laughs> we honestly have two stem wine glasses now left in our house, too. Yes. So, anyway. So, this is um, a state-grown, and it is certified sustainable. Which is, I think, a big push in California. It's a yeah. very green state as it is. Yeah. Um, but super classy bottle. Um, it's not necessarily eye-catching, but it, it's smart-looking. Yeah, it's like if you know what you're looking for, then it, you'd be that you'd be you know at home picking out this bottle of wine. Just everything looks very nice it's and tasteful, refined. And, yes, good color combos. The picture is like not in your face, but it's a nice you know something to look at. The gold embossing's really nice. Sorry, I'm flipping to the bottom and <laughs> back. I'm not sure I'm allowed to yet. But should, yeah, should we pour? Yeah, let's pour. Let's pour some glass. We need a glass of wine now, to say the least. Give her a pour. I will give you the stem one. Do okay, you, think you can handle it. I will do my best to not sniff it, uh, literally at my nose, and to not smash it. Perfect. All right, so ooh, it gets it right in the nose. Um, so to to start, let's have a quick look at the wine itself here, top down, pretty garnet red it's it's like very it's like black red almost black cherry yeah however it, it's not the darkest of reds that i've seen no because i can see the bottom like i could see i could see 
the bottom. Yeah, you can. You, it, it's it definitely fades to the edges for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's a nice rich color it's there. A nice color. It's not brownie. There's no it's orange not cloudy. Rusty. No. no. Um, and from the side, more of the same there. It's um. Yeah, it definitely looks darker from the side. It kind of almost sure. has like a purpley little hue around the yeah. edge. And then, yeah, to the edge, like you said, there's not much orange or, or, or um, rust color to it. No real earth tones. It fades a little bit auburn, but um, yeah, pretty true to that red red color there. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's do some swirls here. My new favorite thing when I have a glass of wine. Flat on the table and a couple sniffy sniffs here. Ooh, it smells good. It does smell good. This smells like yeah. such a it, it, like it's such a, um, a cop out thing to say, but like it smells like classic. a good red wine, yeah. like a classic smell. Oh, it smells good. Like, not... I mean, it's it's fairly aromatic, but not super harsh on the nose. Like, it's not going to burn my nose if I'm giving it a sniff. Maybe at a big... If you do a big, deep one, is it a bit? Yeah, I, I got a little bit more of that there. I went, okay, I went yeah. right in. And but I'm, still I'm, not as bad as some of the ones we've had. It, it doesn't it doesn't put you off. It's just, like, that intensity that we talked about before uh, that you can pick up with the alcohol on it. Yeah. I'd be interested to see what the, the percentage is on this bottle. Yeah, um, but as you had just said... Uh, cab stoves are typically higher in ABV, so that makes sense why the aromatics might be a bit more harsh on the nose. And also a little bit more, not muted, but covered up by an alcohol scent. Um, that yeah. being said, there there is a lot of good smell here. Um, despite it being fruit forward, I get vanilla. I, I get, get berries. I get like almost raspberry at the end there, raspberry. Mm. it's it's nice like it's really nice yeah I, I get i get the baking spices off the top like that vanilla you can i can smell that it like the, the barrel barreliness the woodiness yeah. to it but it doesn't smell um decaying or anything like that it no. just smells like a it's like a little bit of a backbone to the actual scent on it it's like the baseline behind the song right uh it may not be that fruity flavor that sort of pumping through that actually flavors it just the sort of background notes yeah, the more I smell, I do get a bit more of the burn of the nose. However, it's not super... Ugh, it's, I'm trying to pick out some more, like, flavor notes from the scent. Not I think raspberry. Notes, I guess. What about plums? I went grocery shopping today. No plums yet again. Did you look? Yes. Oh. Um, it's hard because it looks like the color of plum. I haven't had a plum in years, so I don't really remember what it smells like. But definitely, like, raspberry... Any maybe, cherry? Maybe currant. Okay. A little red currant. Yeah, a bit of cherry. All right. Well, I think we've sniffed as much as we can yeah. here. Let's, let's dive in. Cheers. <laughs> wow. Super smooth. That is like almost no finish. Don't you think? Like if you... There's yeah. flavor, but there's no burn or there's yeah. anything like that. For it, for it smelling like it has a solid alcohol... It content tastes... in it it does not taste like that wow i don't find it too dry either no it's i always feel like it's gross like the lip smacking flavors and sniffing or flavors lip smacking sounds and like flavors of um oh my god so flavors again like how Sound... you taste... yeah like yeah like but you know it's how you go about tasting wines like the things that you do like you slurp it up or suck it through your teeth or draw in air with it like it is kind of gross like sounding to actually, you can hear Gord crying. Her dog's crying in the hallway. Um, uh, but this is absolutely it's delicious. It's very good. It's sweet, but not overwhelmingly sweet. It, there is a little bit of dryness on the tip of your tongue, or my tongue anyways, when I yeah. taste it. But it's not um, one it's of not those... It's not teeth 
top teeth drying. No, no, I'm gonna do the which old. Which is I, I think you kind of are more into, and I've said this a couple times, a bit more uh, creative and different uh, flavor profiles. Whereas this is like up my alley. This is something that like this is what I want to drink for dinner. And I do too. And I think we said even when it comes to pairing wines with foods for ourselves, we don't want something that's going to overtake what you're what we're eating. We want something that sort of just goes along with it, and you don't feel out of out of place having a bite of steak and taking a sip of wine, or having you know some salad and taking a bite or taking a sip rather. So I, I'm all on board with this for that. Um, it's it's like me, there's like medium acidity, medium sweetness. It's like medium right down the right board. right down the middle, yeah. Which makes for a really like not super tannic. It doesn't taste super alcoholy. Not at all. Not like, at all. Like the smell, yes, but but it t- how, how was it when you did the the drying over the teeth? That's why I, that's why I sort of bumped it up in my mind to medium dryness because um, I, I definitely felt it and I could still feel it up there. But it's like it, it's a really enjoyable. It tastes not fancy, but it tastes almost expensive, like luxurious. I think like it how, is. <laughs> I think it, it is. Thanks, Hannah and Scott. <laughs> uh, it, it, it tastes like. Um, like really, really good, like dessert or something where it's like just silky smooth. Yeah, it, like really it is smooth. smooth. That's yeah. like perfect way to describe it. It's very enjoyable. Um, what are the flavor profiles though? What are you getting? I think I get vanilla. Vanilla for sure. That follows through from the nose. I get the berries as well. Yeah. But it's like muddled berries where it's almost jammy. Yeah. Not for the sweetness, but for the. Um, I think of like. E.D. Smith has like a mixed berry jam yes. where it's like raspberries, blackberries, blueberry. Like it's like all of that together where it's just that that sort of not sweet mixed with that fresh flavor. I don't know. It, it's it's pretty fresh. This is pretty fresh. But it's it's fresh. I feel like fresh sometimes has a connotation of sweet. unrefined. Oh, but this is like fresh flavor, but super eloquent. Like yeah. super super enjoyable. Um, I'm trying to avoid saying the word interesting as you're trying to avoid the word saying nice, but this is um, not interesting in the sense that it's out in left field and it's not nice because that's an understatement. There you go. Should we look at the bottom? Oh, the, bo- the bottom. Oh my goodness. Sorry, guys. The, the back, the of, back the of the bottle. Please. Yeah. Enlighten um, us. So it says, at the heart of a river junction at a special estate in California lies McManus Family Vineyards, where five generations of family farmers have perfected the art of growing fruit with outstanding depth of flavor. Our winemaking team then crafts the fruit into beautiful wines for everyday enjoyment. Our Cabernet Sauvignon opens with aromas of ripe blackberry, medium bodied on the palate with juicy black cherry and black currant flavors it finishes with well-rounded creamy tannins and a hint of mocha and smoke okay. the smoke you can get and the creamy tannins is is creamy like, tannins perfect way to describe because it because i think when i think tannic i almost think if someone's using tannic to describe something it's like really tannic creamy tannic or cre- creamy tannins it makes sense because of how smooth it is yeah percentage wise percentage wise it's 13.5 percent alcohol um, that's pretty much it. That's really it. It's, what's the certified? See, it's funny here. It says Ripon, California. Hmm. On the front, it says maybe it's part of that. Um, part of what did you say? What's the green seal there? What does that say? There's like a green seal of approval. Yeah. So Lodi rules, uh, sustainable wine growing certified green. So there you go. It is eco friendly. <laughs> is that what that would mean? Yeah. Uh, okay, let me look up California, Ripon, California. This is now a, a map episode of the podcast here. 
but it's okay. So, oh yeah, it's, it's on just, the other side of Stockton. Yeah, just south of Lodi there. Yeah, Lodi. It's yeah, interesting. Not far away, generally no. speaking, but but can you see the the winery on there? No, it's not coming up here. But that's it. That's a, it. Should we should notice that it's like a state park? There's yeah, like a lot really of parks tiny. around there and a winding river, like they said, the Stanislaus River. Stanislaus. All right. So All right. Um, now comes the point where I know how much this bottle of wine costs, but you don't. Uh, what would you say uh, for a dollar value on this? I know it's a little bit more expensive because Hannah and I have had conversations. Um, I think it's like thirty-six bucks. Thirty-six dollars. Okay. Yeah. Well, this bottle of wine comes in at nineteen ninety-nine, oh, nice. which still is a I would say probably a more expensive that, bottle yeah. of wine as far as um, as far as just everyday wine is considered. Yeah. Um, this is good. Like that's a good value for if it's nineteen ninety five. That's absolutely, really good. Absolutely. Give us the breakdown here. What the LCBO has to say about it. It says with attractive nose of ripe black fruit, cassis, vanilla, and wood smoke, this generous and easygoing crowd pleaser is ideal for gatherings of all kinds. It will shine equally well with finger foods or with grilled steaks, gourmet burgers, or grilled ribs. Which I could like. I could. I would absolutely say the same thing. Like this is very easy drinking and would pair with really anything. Yeah, it specified red meat there, pretty much. Yeah, but um, and that's probably just a, a red wine, general for sure. And also like to something that's smoky tends to go with that as well. That the flavors complement each other. Um, but yeah, man, this is a home run. Yeah, um, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, this is an absolute home run there. Maybe this is a different year. Yeah, but I it, think that is a different year. Um, but, so we'll have to we'll have to because that doesn't up have the the seal on it there. Yeah, it's a bit different. All right, we're having a we're having a bit, bit of a gander here. Browse through. I don't see anything. But did you look it up? Yeah. Oh, this is what I looked up. So um, we'll double back there. But yeah. but anyways, uh, yeah. So but I'm pretty sure I've seen it in the the LCBO for more than nineteen dollars. So maybe something's changed there. Yeah. Anyway. Either way. Um, okay, so. Uh, did you just I didn't the, see. What would you think this rating of the, uh, what do you think the rating of this wine would be on our Vivino app, our favorite app? Instead of five? Instead of five. And you can do points. 4.1. 4.1. Very close. It is a 3.9. Okay. 1,059 rankings. I'm a bit surprised by that. Um, I, I would give it, yeah. I did four and a half. Yeah, I agree. I really like this. Oops, sorry. Vanilla and wood notes on the nose. Backed. Up with uh, berries and soft fruit flavors. Flavors. All right. Uh, creamy body with smooth black berries and cherries on cherry on the palate knockout wine <laughs> boom love it done okay so four and a half stars there i'll hand this over to you um i want to see um what the breakdown is this so this wine has the average price sorry to pull it back away at 32 dollars right which is a little bit more specified Where I was there thinking there um so that's my log there so uh what are the uh the summaries of, of what this one's known for 
Um, this is featured in best wines between $20 and $40 right now, among the top 4% of all wines in the world, and it's very popular among Vivino users, more than 1,000 ratings. So in terms of the taste characteristics... I'm actually quite surprised by this. In terms of light and bold, it's more on the bold side. It's like it's like full bold, but I kind of agree with that because yeah. <clears throat> I don't think bold necessarily means slap you in the face. But there's nothing light about the flavor, really. It's it's right. It's but all I, there. It's it's just well well composed. Right, but I guess like for me, like when we've had wines before that like have been in the middle of the road, they've had almost more of a bold flavor than this has. Interesting, but maybe that's just me. Um, in terms of smooth and tannic, it's in the middle a bit more um, closer to the tannic side. Which we agree with as well. Yep. In terms of dry and sweet, it's closer to the dry side. Uh, and soft and acidic, it's pretty much in the middle. Which, which is a good balance. Yeah. Uh, what people talk about, uh, oak, vanilla, and chocolate were the most common. Blackberry, plum, black cherry. Damn plums. <laughs> smoke, earth, earthy, and leather. All right, want to read a couple of reviews for us here? Yeah, so Ryan gave it four stars, and he said, Nice bouquet of butterscotch, vanilla, oak, and dark fruit. Smooth with soft tannins on the palate. Light acidity, medium high sweetness. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think it's sweet at all. Um, and then Mega uh, gave it four stars, and they said, Nice oak barrel smell, fruity on the nose, nice buttery taste. Delicious strawberry, blackberry, vanilla, and chocolate taste. A little earthy. Medium body and sharp on the tongue and lingers a bit. The chocolate's interesting, too, because that's that sort of dry out your tongue flavor. It's yeah. a little bit there. It's top 4% of wines in the world, and it's top 9% of wines in California. All right, so now comes the, the, the point of the episode where we would we recommend this wine or not. And I'll let you close out the episode, and I'll just chime in first here. Uh, this is a wine I would absolutely recommend, <clears throat> simply based on uh, how easy drinking it is. Now, the price point may be a little bit high and a little bit of a barrier for entry, but it's probably a nice treat for somebody who is a wine drinker that you know, because um, I've never heard of this before. That being said, we're, we're only becoming more more prominent wine drinkers, but um, this is this is a home run, as I usually say about good <laughs> wines. But um, it's also a wine that I would love to buy for somebody as a gift or be like, oh, you, you want to try a Cabernet Sauvignon? I have one here. Like, yep. Let's try this. It would be, it'd be awesome for that. So 100% recommend, but I want to be the person that's giving it or pouring it for somebody. Yeah, I 100% agree with what you said. I really enjoy this. This is probably one of... Um, the best Cabernet Sauvignons I've tried, especially compared when I did that tasting um, a couple episodes ago. Like, this blows both of those out of the water. Like, the J-Lore and the Santa Rita, like, this really does blow it out of the water. I, I, I really enjoy this. I would recommend this to anybody who even says that they don't like Cab Soves. Like, this is definitely a game changer in my books. Absolutely. I, I really enjoy it. It's smooth. It's not lingering. I'll put the flag in the ground and say the best wine we've had on the podcast. Oh my, Wow, that is saying something. Uh, and that, I agree, though. It's very good. That passes the Salentine, Salentine uh, Malbec for myself. Wow. Yes, which is a very good wine. Yeah. So there you have it. There you go. Well, Back thank you, with Scott the and Hannah. Yes, thank this you. This was the, a nice treat. We're always open for suggestions, and if you want to give us the bottle of wine, that's <laughs> even, even better. better. But uh, please let us know if there's any bottles of wine you are uh, really into. I'm, I've am i been sort of dancing down this Cabernet Franc uh, path lately. We've had a couple of really good ones. And actually, to, clo- to I guess, close out the episode, we'll ha- we have a little wine story. We went over to our friend Jessica Marcus's house, and uh, we had a... Uh, 
It was about a $22 bottle of wine, $22, $24 bottle. It was called uh, (laughs) Featherstone, a Canadian producer. Uh, It was Cabernet Franc. And um, we wanted to see if blending wine, uh, which is the story, if you you followed our Instagram story, um, blending it introduces more oxygen to it, opens it up, and can, can potentially make a... Cheap wine tastes better, and this is this wasn't, this wasn't a, cheap, a cheap wine. No, it was a nice wine. Actually, it was really enjoyable. Uh, so we wanted to see if it didn't it did anything. So and this just to pause. Yep, we did this because Marcus had seen a video or heard something where um, if you had a lot of leftover red wines, like you know a quarter of a bottle type thing, uh, and someone had put it in a put them all in a blender and blended it and actually made it quite enjoyable. So we wanted to test that theory. So Yeah, and, and this was all one bottle of wine, but the same thing. We wanted to see if maybe it changed the flavor at all. And Alicia, did it change the flavor? It made it ten times worse. A, th- a thousand like, percent. Yeah, it was bad. It was a bad wine after we blended it. Yeah, like before it was good. Um, it was a fine wine. It wasn't my favorite, but it was good. And it was pretty, you know, whatever. But then after we blended it, man, it just really brought the alcohol taste to the surface. It was like almost undrinkable. Like it was... Not enjoyable. It, it felt like you were drink. We were drinking liquor rather than wine. Yeah. Uh, so um, do that with caution. Maybe we- if you have like leftover old wine <laughs> that you want to try to make better, just don't do it with good wine. <laughs> or if you're trying to get your your money's worth out of an eight dollar bottle, maybe that's how you do it. But um, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. We'll be back hopefully in a week or shorter or maybe a few days longer. Who knows? But uh, we will be back with more episodes. And until and, and maybe not a Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah, hopefully not another Cabernet Sauvignon. Although we did like this. We so love I this can't, one. Can't All right. Until next week. Cheers. Cheers.